Hey everyone, my name is Adam Barfoot, and I'd like to welcome you to episode four of the Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking about the integration of mental health and physical fitness. And now for an overview of this episode, I discuss failure, sacrifice, becoming your best self, the role that theories and philosophy play in life, counseling, and functional fitness, using challenges inside the gym and counseling office to face challenges challenges well in the outside world, how your focus impacts your future, and putting an emphasis on becoming rather than being. And as a disclaimer, during this podcast, I am speaking for myself and my own views, and I am not speaking for any counseling organization or any of my employers. So a quick recap of previous episodes of the Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast. In episode one, I gave an introduction to counseling and functional fitness and also introduced myself, gave a bit of a background about me, and then I explained the reasons that I started this podcast. Then in episode two, I answered the question, what is counseling? And in episode three, I answered the question, what is functional fitness? So with this podcast, every episode is building on previous episodes. So if you haven't listened to those previous episodes yet, I encourage you to do that. And then I'm really looking forward to this episode. Um, I'll be really looking at how we can all benefit from integrating mental health and physical fitness. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this episode. So a big important part of both counseling and functional fitness and really improving in mental health and physical fitness is pushing yourself to be your best. A reason why pushing yourself to be your best is important is that you're never going to get to where you want to be if you are complacent with where you are now. So if we're not willing to go to those hard places in counseling, we're not going to be able to work through maybe the um, the painful moments that we've been through. And if we're not willing to go to those difficult places in a workout where we're in maybe a lot of pain and we don't want to go on, a big part of finding improvement is pushing through those mental barriers that we face in workouts. So an example of a mental barrier, you're holding on to the bar and everything in you is burning and you're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I really don't know if I can hold on to the bar any longer. We can find such great strength if we do one more rep than we think we're capable of. Holding on to that bar for one more rep when your forearms are on fire or pushing through that discomfort in the counseling room in order to work through painful moments of the past is so important in your growth and becoming the person that you want to be. This is something I actually recently talked with one of my clients about, and it's also something that I've been thinking about in the gym quite frequently recently when I've been working out. So in the counseling office, if we can endure that discomfort for whatever it may be, one hour a week or more, say if the client is in more intensive counseling, but um, if it's one hour a week, if we can 
go to that place of experiencing that discomfort in order for our development and growth in the future, we will be so much better for that. And also in a workout, say you work out an hour a day. If you're willing to put up with that discomfort also in order to better yourself and further your development, it's going to make such a big difference. But also what I talked to my client um, recently about and what I also have been focusing on in the gym is that you don't have to be in this great discomfort all the time, but if you can focus it, focus on it for one hour at a time, you will see such great growth. And part of that pushing yourself to be your best is that you're not just going to that place of discomfort or pain to go to that place, but you're doing it so that you can get better and improve. So keep that in mind when you're experiencing that discomfort is that this is for my growth, this is for my betterment, and this is for my improvement. And I'll give an example of this concept from the CrossFit Games champion Matt Frazier, and then I'll give an example from my own life also. So Matt Frazier has talked about in interviews when he was in college that he had a he got an engineering degree and that he would go to the library for hours and hours at a time and read textbooks cover to cover. And he says that it's not that he loved reading the textbook, but he loved the feeling of when the exam came, everyone else had a hard time with it, and it was not a issue for him. And for me, when I was in graduate school, I would spend three to four to five hours at the library six or seven days a week, and I really did enjoy reading the textbooks. I was learning so much from them, and I wanted to be as great of a counselor as I possibly could be and I knew if I was going to do that and to reach my full potential that I would have to put in the work that it took and I was willing to do that work because I believed that I would see it pay off. And another part of that was I did not just want to breeze through graduate school with minimal effort and to get in and out with my degree. But the thing here is that if we're going to get to where we want to be, if we're going to reach our greatest potential possible, we have to put in the work that we believe is going to get us there. And we have to make the sacrifices necessary that we think will get us there. And an interesting part of that is that we cannot see the future. We don't know for sure if our hard work is going to pay off, but we need to figure out what we think will best get us there and do those things and make those hard choices. I don't know anyone who wants to spend three, four, five hours in the library, six or seven days a week, but... I know from my experience that that has greatly paid off, and I also know that I would not be the counselor I am today if I had not put in that very hard work. And I think part of that, too, is the feeling of satisfaction when you put in really hard work and you see it pay off in success or improvement or whatever it may be. So for me, if I would have gone through graduate school with minimal effort and got the degree, it 
would not feel as significant or as important as it does to me today. So moving on now to talking about failure, failure is part of the process of becoming. And the idea of life is about becoming rather than being is one I will cover later in this episode. But there is this quote from Winston Churchill that I really like. The quote is, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. So I was I was thinking about this while I was coming up with content for this episode about the example uh, from typing, actually. So say you make a mistake typing. All it takes to come back from that mistake is hit the delete button and keep going. But oftentimes I think in life when we hit a failure or a mistake, we're just like, well, I'm done with this. I made a mistake. I'm not even going to try anymore. Imagine how little we would get done on the computer if we had that same mentality with typing. So that example, keep going when you make mistakes. Failure is part of the process of becoming the person that you want to be and reaching your full potential. We're all going to fail. We're all going to lose. In anything, there can be only one victor and first place only has space for one. But just because you made a mistake or failed does not mean that you are a failure or a mistake. So it's very important to separate those two. Just because you made a mistake does not mean you are a mistake. Just because you failed does not mean you are a failure. And moving on now to becoming your best self. The question, what are you willing to sacrifice to become your best, is a very important one. If we want specific things in life, we have to make the sacrifices necessary in order to get those things. We always choose our sacrifice because every choice is a sacrifice. And a few examples of every choice being a sacrifice. So choosing one person to be in a relationship with, you're sacrificing every other person you could possibly be in a relationship with to be with that one specific person. When we choose the restaurant we want to eat at for dinner, we're sacrificing the choice of going to any other restaurant for that meal. Choosing to spend one hour watching TV instead of reading, you're sacrificing the reading in order to watch TV. Same thing the other way around. When we choose to spend one hour reading, we're sacrificing to make that decision and not do every other thing in the realm of possibilities that we could do for that hour. And when we make that decision to spend one hour doing something, a further example of every choice is a sacrifice, we're saying that this thing that I'm spending this one hour doing is the most important thing I could be doing right now. Whether or not we think that, our actions are showing that. So all of that being said, we don't get to choose whether or not we make a sacrifice, but we can choose what sacrifice we make. And I want to clarify, when I use the word sacrifice, I'm talking about the act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. So that's a Google definition of sacrifice, but sacrifice means we're making the decision that this thing that we're doing is more important than anything else that we could be doing at this given moment. 
a example from mental health and then an example from functional fitness for this. So a sacrifice that someone with a history of alcoholism might make is that during their alcoholism, they may say, I'm going to sacrifice time with that person's children for using alcohol. So they're going to make the choice to use alcohol over spending time with their children. Once they come out of alcoholism, they may say, all right, instead of drinking, I'm going to make the sacrifice to spend time journaling and getting to know myself better. Then an example from fitness. So say someone really wants to have a cheat meal, but they know that that's not going to get them closer to their goals. That person makes the sacrifice for their future instead of their present. They say, I'm going to make this choice to not do this cheat meal so that it benefits my future rather than satisfying this immediate craving that I'm having. So in both these examples, the person who has struggled with alcoholism in the past is sacrificing for a better future. The fitness example, that person is sacrificing the wanting to have a cheat meal so that they can get closer to their goals. And now moving on to the role that theories and philosophy play in life counseling and functional fitness. So we're constantly operating out of a philosophy of life or a style of life, as Alfred Agler put it. Alfred Agler was a pioneer of psychotherapy and his theory of counseling is the one that I ascribe to. It's important as a counselor to have a theory of counseling that you practice from as really a home base, but it's crucial to adapt your approach to meet the needs of the client. I'll do a podcast episode in the future about Adlerian therapy, but a few quick points about counseling theories. They provide the counselor with that home base that I mentioned as a foundation for their practice. And as a quick overview, um, counseling theories informs counselors' beliefs about where mental illness comes from, what influences it, and how to cure and heal illness. Theories inform counselors of how they'll go about working with their clients. And then in the fitness world, theories of fitness impact how coaches and athletes work. This shows itself in major ways in nutrition. So people adapt a theory of nutrition and make it their own by finding what works best for them. People discuss whether low-carb, low-fat, paleo, or tracking macronutrients, among many other nutrition philosophies, are best for them. But the only way to find what nutritional philosophy, theory, or guidelines work best for you is to experiment with them and find what will help you reach your goals. And those goals can be performance, aesthetics, overall health, or any combination of those things. And then the theories of fitness also. So whether it's functional fitness, weightlifting only, cardio only, uh, body weight movements only, or isolation exercises such as those machines that have a set range of motion um, and people discuss whether 
or which of those will be best for any specific person. But again, it depends on that person's goals. So whether those that person's goals are performance, aesthetics, or overall health, or any combination of those things, it's best to look into which will help you reach your goals. And now moving on to using challenges inside the gym and counseling office to face challenges well in the outside world. So the classes at the gyms I coach at and most functional fitness classes are one hour long. That leaves 23 hours a day you have outside of the gym. So you're working hard during that one hour at the gym. What are you doing in the other 23 hours of your day to better your life and your health and yourself? Like I discussed in the what is functional fitness episode, we're not just getting better in the gym to get better in the gym, but we're getting stronger and fitter in the gym so that we can face whatever challenges that life throws at us. Meaning we're getting better in the gym in order to get better outside of the gym. And then just like most clients have one hour in the counseling office per week, it's important to keep in mind what are we doing, what is the client doing with all those other hours throughout the week in order to improve themselves and make their life better. So it's important to keep in mind how that one hour a week can transfer outside of the counseling office to improve the client's life. And similarly, just like in the gym, so in the counseling office, we're not just doing counseling so the client can feel better during that one hour a week, but we're spending that one hour in the counseling office per week in order to better our lives in general. So we have that one hour per day of focused improvement toward our fitness. We have that maybe the one hour per week for the client of having that focused improvement toward their mental health. What are we doing outside the gym in those 23 hours per day? What are we doing outside the counseling office in those so many hours per week? So it's important to keep in mind, what are you doing to improve yourself besides just those things? And if you'd like some feedback on what you're doing outside of the gym and counseling office to improve your fitness and mental health, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me at counselingandfunctionalfitness at gmail.com and we can absolutely have some dialogue about those things. And so the things we do and the things we experience in our headspace and the in the gym and the counseling office can transfer into everyday life, but they do not automatically translate. So just because you respond to challenges well during workouts does not automatically translate into handling life stressors well. Just because you can tolerate discomfort in workouts does not automatically mean that you can tolerate emotional discomfort well in everyday life. And further, just because you can have those difficult conversations with yourself in the gym regarding continuing on in the face of difficulty or whatever it may be, does not automatically translate into, say, handling difficult conversations with your significant other well. But these things happening in the gym is proof that you can respond to challenges well. You can tolerate discomfort and you can navigate difficult conversations in positive ways. And those things take deliberate practice, both inside the gym and outside the gym. 
And we can practice tolerating that discomfort so that it will translate outside of the gym. The little things make a difference because little by little, a little becomes a lot. And as we learn to tolerate difficult emotions and those difficult conversations minute by minute, that can transfer into greater tolerance of painful emotions and therefore leading to greater prospering and thriving and living outside the gym. Sometimes the hardest person to, to convince of worth and value is ourselves. Sometimes the hardest person to convince of their strengths is ourselves. And sometimes the hardest person to encourage is ourselves. We must work hard if we want to celebrate ourselves. It will be easier to be proud of ourselves when we give ourselves reasons to be proud and to keep our head held high. If we want true confidence, we have to earn it. We have to prove it to ourselves that the belief can inform the process or the process can inform the belief, but one has to start. I learned this idea of earned confidence from a book by a CrossFit athlete named Jason Kalipa. It, the book is called As Many Reps as Possible. And from that book comes the quote that I'll share at the end of this episode. And moving on now to the topic of how your focus impacts your future. We choose what we focus on and what we focus on has major influence on the person we become. We're constantly becoming our future self. Our present self is impacting our future self. Who is the future self that you're becoming? I want to encourage you to think about this often. And now moving on to the idea of putting an emphasis on becoming rather than being. So I want to share a quote next. This quote comes from Dr. Timothy Barclay, who was one of my professors in undergrad in his textbook on counseling theories. The book is called Introduction to Theories of Counseling and Psychotherapy, an Integrative Approach to Putting Theory into practice. And this quote is actually from his chapter on Adlerian therapy, which is the theory of counseling I ascribe to that I mentioned earlier in this episode. So the quote is, life is not being, but becoming. And I'll end this episode with a few questions I have for you. And then the quote from Jason Khalifa that I mentioned. What is one area of your life where you are currently showing great strength? What are the areas in your life where you are on the exact trajectory you want to be and need to be in order to get to where you eventually want to be? And now the quote from Jason Khalifa in his book, As Many Reps as Possible. Does it make you ill that someone somewhere is working harder than you? My point is that your why has to be so immense that you not only do all the hard, painful work day after day, but are also willing to make sacrifices on a routine basis. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed the episode. You can follow along with Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. You can contact me by emailing counselingandfunctionalfitness at gmail.com or by messaging Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. See you next time.